She saw him leave that morning, but he didn't come back that afternoon. He didn't show up that night. Nobody heard from him. The teen's body was found in a rolled up gym mat in a high school in 2013. His death ruled accidental. Say my name and remember what you've done. Your hurricane has blackened out the sun. You can't continue to kill unarmed black people and get away with it. But if Kendrick did die of an accident, how, with all that distrust, how could you even ever show that? But then on the flip side is they didn't treat it like it, it could have been a homicide. Lowndes County Sheriff Ashley Polk announced officials were reopening the investigation. Only angle is to find justice for my son. You are currently listening to season three of Ashes to Ash TV, the investigation of Kendrick Johnson, episode 18, Devil Lady. I had gotten an email back from Jackie. When I first saw it in my inbox, I was really excited because I wanted to go, even if it was off the record, and showcase the family what I had found. And I thought they would be really receptive to at least hearing it. They didn't have to believe what I had found, but I thought they would be receptive to hearing what I believed happened to their son. Wow, have I been naive here. Little did I know what was coming. Here was her response. We already knew you would get paid to lie on my son. We all know y'all work together. You are most definitely with the rest of the liars, despicable human being. May God allow the same pain for your family. I told them to watch you because I already saw your fake ass. So no, don't ever call me or contact my family again. And of course, Harrington would say that he helped allegedly got rid of my son's organs, but this you know, another line, fake news lady. Y'all deserve each other. Sell your lies to your mammy or whoever listens. You are not stopping nothing. Shame on you, devil lady. You used my family and got paid off his stories. Then when you got what you wanted, a payoff, on my dead son, you switched sides. I could have talked with you, but for this reason, my husband and I chose not to, and I'm glad we did. And I don't need your stance because there will be justice and you will be another racist clown in the book. Y'all prove me right every time. Can't trust y'all, period. To be perfectly honest, although I was in shock when I received that email, I had also heard from many other people that the same type of rhetoric had been used on them when they had tried to communicate with the Johnson family. So although I was surprised, I think somewhere in the back of my head, I was prepared that something like this might happen. So I had really always tried to quiet that voice in the back of my head and really try to be hopeful of a positive outcome here. But it was pretty obvious now that that was never gonna happen. Although I had never really been treated poorly by the Johnsons, I had also never been embraced. And as time went on, it seemed to me that it was a lot less about what happened to KJ and a lot more about blaming the Bell family. I had really seen and heard some harsh things on some of the different events that were held in KJ's name. At the nine year anniversary protest for KJ, I had even heard a group talking about trying to ruin a wedding that was happening within the Bell family. When I heard this, I didn't really know what to think about it. I didn't know if it was just bravado or I didn't know if people were actually seriously going to start taking action. It was not until later that I realized how disturbing all of this was. So is what I'm gonna do here is I'm gonna defend this one time and then I'm gonna get back to the fact of trying to figure out what happened to Kendrick Johnson. So you can call me a devil lady, a despicable human being or a racist clown all you want, 
you have the right to your opinion. But I will not sit here and allow bigotry of any kind to slide past me without at least acknowledging it. The bottom line here is I don't care if you're black, white, purple, trans, gay, straight, tall, fat, thin, or identify as a Muppet. If you're a human being, I care about you. And I promise you, if you were being accused of murder and you had evidence a mile long showing that your alibi was ironclad, I would stand next to you and share that story with anyone who would listen. And I would do this no matter what you look like or who you preferred to love or who you preferred to be. White lynch mobs in the past would often go after minorities for a crime that happened, whether or not that person committed that crime or not. They would accuse, point fingers, incite heinous violence, and ruthlessly and unfairly take the life and torture their loved ones and families into silence and hiding. Because of this, we should all be willing to take a long, hard look at anyone who's unwilling to look at the evidence against the person they are accusing. It is okay to have concerns and it's okay to talk about those concerns, but when you're talking about them, the goal better be that those concerns are based in reality and not just a fiction of your imagination. Pause for a moment and think about this if you haven't already. The Bell brothers have clear, undeniable alibis. The one boy is clearly marked as being present in class and you also see him on surveillance tape walking into that class at the same time KJ is last seen on camera. The other Bell brother has an alibi a mile long, confirmed by witnesses and confirmation of the arrival and departure time of the bus going to the wrestling tournament and many other verifiable evidence markers, which clearly shows he was off campus far before KJ was last seen on camera. So if the scripts were flipped and the Bell brothers were black and KJ was white, and we could see that the Bells were being falsely accused because of the color of their skin, some might call that racist. So what do we call it when the innocent boys are white and they're being accused because of the color of their skin or because of the fact their dad's part of the FBI, instead of basing it on actual evidence that we can clearly see and verify? Believe me, I know there is fear, frustration, and anxiety about how minorities have been treated not only across the globe, but also here in our own backyards. I think, however, the worst thing we can do is flip this narrative out of frustration or wishing things were different. I stand for finding the truth about what happened to KJ, but I also stand in support of the Bell family and their innocence. I will finish the story of Dana Banks in the series just to prove a point, but then I'm going back to the main investigation. And what was your goal with the rally? The congressional resolution declares that it's Kendrick Johnson Day in the state of Georgia. And it's just a wonderful way to honor him because it's time. What's crazy about what Dana says here, which I totally believe was lost, is that not only was the rally about wanting to get justice for Kendrick Johnson, but it was also about this congressional resolution, which would make a day of the year Kendrick Johnson Day in the state of Georgia, which is a really beautiful way to remember Kendrick Johnson. I was actually completely unaware that this was even part of the rally until I talked to Dana. I wanted to know so much more, so I started asking her questions about her communication with Jackie and how that went down. I mean, there, there was, open communication. In Jackie's post about the rally, she said, The sad part is she had us come to Washington, standing, sitting in a muddy areas, talking on a blowhorn. It was totally a mess. I originally wanted the front and center, the west front, a little bit closer to the steps, but due to the insurrection, that particular spot was still cordoned off and it wasn't allowed. So the next available was the spot by the reflecting pool, which is beautiful. So what if it was pouring down rain? Would you not be out in a muddy field? It doesn't matter where. 
it was, it was at the nation's capital, and I know every bit of heart that was put into it. So Jolly was off on a few things. I was not really sure what Jackie meant about what Jolly was off, but I asked Dana so she could help clear that up for me. Apparently Jolly Ginger is a TikTok personality and he had a lot to say about Dana and the rally. What surprised me in all of this is Jolly had a lot to say, but he actually never asked what Dana thought or what her experience was with Jackie. But I do think it's quite dangerous to call someone a scammer without at least asking or acknowledging them to see what their thoughts are on it and really give them an opportunity to defend themselves if they need to. On top of this, he goes into this really damning story about Dana Banks and then in a quirky way, asks people to donate to Jackie Johnson. My fear here is if Dana did not scam Jackie, then this lie from Jackie appears to be the catalyst to get in donations. It is fine to ask for donations, but to do this on the back of a lie to garnish sympathy so that more donations come in is really despicable. Jolly, the TikTok influencer, posted this video to his followers about Dana. Of course it was a white woman. Everybody meet Dana Banks. Now let me tell you how Dana Banks took advantage of the pain of a black mother who lost her son and then scammed her. But Miss Johnson was not very happy. First of all, the rally was in a muddy field. She didn't like that. This is Miss Johnson's cash app. Internet, do your thing. I'm a travel agent part-time with my own business and put together what I thought would be the best package for a round trip bus coach, hotel accommodations, and a meal. I was going to gift the meal and part of the travel. Initially, I had presented $250 package for each participant, and Jackie expressed that they would not be able to afford that. I'm assuming her family is, is what she expressed. There's no judgment there. I think what really kind of concerned me here is why was there so much confusion over who was supposed to pay for what? We really need to stop and take a look at if Jackie really knew that she was supposed to pay for some of the expenses that she's saying Dana had promised that she was going to pay for and didn't. What's interesting here is Dana is an independent travel consultant and she really made it seem like her job in the rally was to facilitate travel deals so that the family could get down there the cheapest way possible so that they could participate in the rally. Not that Dana was supposed to pay for anything, but instead that Dana was supposed to put the package together so the family got the best deal. So I really wondered who was lying here. The TikTok video continues. And this is where things get real ugly. After the rally, when Miss Johnson and all the other mothers got back to the hotel, they found out that the hotel rooms were reserved, but not paid for. They tried to call Dana, who did not answer her phone. In fact, her phone was off and she was a ghost. So Miss Johnson had to come out of pocket almost $4,000 for hotel rooms for all these mothers that were already there with her. And then, they couldn't get back to Georgia because the bus hadn't been paid for. So to get everybody back, Miss Johnson had to pay for the bus. $8,800. So $12,000 came out of Miss Johnson's pocket for a rally that Dana was supposed to put together. I want to be clear about something. You know, I was accused of embezzling money, taking donations, being a scammer, an imposter. I had one fundraiser and that fundraiser was on F-U-N-D-R-Z-R. I elected not to do it on GoFundMe because I was very aware that Jackie had several fundraisers, and several meaning three or four. And so I didn't want folks to kind of be confused about. And so the particular fundraiser 
that I established was the Kendrick Johnson Travel Fundraiser. Now, Dana has various fundraisers just like this where she was raising money on the name of Kendrick Johnson for this rally. I really sat here and wondered where Jolly was getting all his information from. Even though he says Dana has various fundraiser, we were only able to uncover one fundraiser and the fundraiser he shows on his video is also the one we were able to uncover. The interesting thing about this is I want you to look at the number on that fundraiser. It's $250. I mean, $250 is really not a lot of money for a rally if you've ever had to put on a protest or a rally. Would you do all this work just to scam $250, I wondered? Jolly even went on to say more about the agreement between Jackie and Dana. She told Miss Johnson, don't worry about it. She'll take care of transportation and hotels and putting the rally together. You just show up. We want to support you and your family. Jackie's Facebook post reads, Please know I don't have to lie. Dana is a scammer, and she used Kendrick's name for clout. Not one thing she promised she did. And yes, I will be filing a police report. A news article about the event reads, Mother of Kendrick Johnson scammed by white woman, who she says used dead teen's name for profit and clout. The mother of Kendrick Johnson, the teen whose body was found rolled up in a gym mat at the high school in 2013, appears to have been scammed. Jackie Johnson says she was approached by a woman on Facebook under the guise of helping her prepare a rally for justice for Kendrick. In the end, the dead teen's mom was forced to pay out of pocket for unfulfilled promises. Dana continues to explain. There was a news article done by a hip hop publisher uh, S-H-U-U, I don't know who it was, and you know, the headline reads, Kendrick Johnson's mother claims that she was scammed by a white woman. Why not just a woman? You have to ask yourself. So it really appears that Jolly Ginger and this S-O-H-H basically just went off the word of Jackie Johnson and never even asked Dana what had occurred, which is really poor journalism. So obviously we see this article makes a very racist headline, Plus now Jolly makes more racist remarks. Of course it was a white woman. Of course it was a white woman. Give me a break. White authority from time to time has been accused of putting black people all in the same category as somehow being bad, which is 100% horrifying. I think now in today's day and age, we all know talking about a race in this way is an inappropriate way to conduct ourselves. So why now are people still willing to do it? This is absolutely disgusting behavior. And those willing to stand besides people who are throwing out this type of rhetoric are no better than the racists that came before them. What a vicious cycle. The bullied become the bullies. This is a tale as old as time. I really wanted to see more evidence so I could understand this all better. Dana was so kind as to actually share her personal text messages with me between her and Jackie. I've isolated some of them to show to you. And once I read them, my heart sank into my stomach. The first point I want to talk about is when Jackie says the following. Not one thing she promised she did. Dana's text to Jackie on February 19th, 2022 reads, There will be a stage set up and tables and chairs. I have secured the west front of the Capitol, which is the most prestigious location for visibility. 
So in a text on February 19th, almost two months prior to the rally, Dana outlines for Jackie what she'll be bringing to the table for this rally. So far, we know she wasn't able to get the location she wanted, which was the west front of the Capitol building. And that was due to the fact that there had been an insurrection and they weren't allowing protesters or rallies to go that close to the White House any longer. So she got another great spot by the reflecting pool. So maybe this is what Jackie's saying when she's saying Dana did not deliver. Dana goes on to say in her text message that she'll be supplying tables and chairs. Let's see if she met those promises. After the, the $8 was deducted, that fundraiser yielded about $247. My husband and I came out of pocket close to $700. And these were for things like the podium, the chairs, marketing, printing of flyers. There was a substantial amount. Dana was able to show me receipts for all the things she had promised. I had also seen those same items in the photos from the rally. So really, I kind of felt like she had honored what she said she was going to do. My other concern, however, was who was supposed to pay for the travel? Jackie makes it sound like from the quotes in the publications and from her own posts that somehow they were scammed out of money or left high and dry. Let's really look at these texts and find out who was supposed to pay for this trip. Dana's text to Jackie reads, Hi Jackie, I hope you had a wonderful week. Just running the cost of the bus by you before I provide my credit card info. What do you think about round trip bus fare to also include one night of hotel accommodations for 250 per person? That sounds fairly reasonable to me. Just getting your opinion first. Folks can also pay in installments too. Please let me know ASAP. Thanks, love ya. I find this interesting because that text is sent on February 11th, 2022. So if there had been any question about who was supposed to pay for the rally, now it would have been crystal clear. Now let's see Jackie's response. The 250, I know folks can't afford that. I thought that it was being accommodated. Let me know if I misunderstood. So it does appear that maybe there was a misunderstanding initially, but now Dana is clearly clearing that up. So if Jackie didn't have the financial ability or didn't want to have the rally, she could have at that point canceled it or just not shown up herself. Instead, they both continue on scheduling the rally. Dana even seems to be having difficulty throughout these text messages getting Jackie to confirm any sort of number that's going to be coming to the Washington rally. At one point, she even asks Jackie if there's someone else that can give her more information or that might be able to help her out with some of the questions she has. Again, in this text message, it very clearly shows that Dana is not the one responsible for paying for travel and she's letting Jackie know what the cost is and what they need to do about the cost possibly being too high for Jackie and her family. Is there a person that could assist me with determining who will commit to the bus trip and with some admin help? I just need a definitive headcount to make it easier to finalize the booking. I am including dinner and the hotel stay along with the round trip bus fare to make things more streamlined. I just need to get the cost down. Is there an amount that you think would be easier for folks to manage? 250 was all inclusive, but I don't want to place a burden on anyone. I had gotten it down to 200. There was always, I guess, an issue with folks being able to afford it. It wasn't that it was a lack of communication. I think that it was just a you know, reluctancy on Jackie's part, you know, just finalizing things. In fact, at the very last minute, I had secured hotel rooms for, I think, 30, 33 guests. And at the last minute, she had canceled it. She wasn't comfortable with the way that the hotel looked online. And so I was scrambling at the very last minute. When I mean last minute, I'm, I'm speaking 
I think 48 hours before the event, I was able to obtain the least expensive accommodations at the Marriott that Jackie approved. I had to secure a contract and provide my credit card number. My team and I got our hands on the contract in regards to this deal with the Marriott. The contract is in care of Dana, meaning she is facilitating the deal, but the contract clearly states that Jackie Johnson and the Kendrick Johnson Foundation are responsible for fulfilling the contract. I have blocked out Dana's address, phone number, and email on this document. What I found even more interesting is that the contract clearly states what Dana said to Jackie throughout the text message, and that is that each person would need to pay their own way. Here's a quote straight from the contract. The following billing arrangements apply to guest rooms, individual to pay all guest room charges. Cash paying guests may be asked to leave a cash or credit card deposit to guarantee payment. Via text, Jackie understood that she was to pay a certain amount when she checked in. And so that was already, that was already finalized. There was nothing to do with that. You know, she was to check in and the guests were to pay their portion. I, I want to make it clear, there was $250 raised from the travel fundraiser. And I really want to express that throughout the rally, I continuously asked Jackie, is anyone donating? Have you received donations? And it was always a firm no. There's no reason for me to doubt her. She has not disproven herself to me, and so I just assumed, okay, no one is donating. So even though Dana clearly seemed to believe Jackie when Jackie said no donations had come in, Dana even asked her via text. Dana's text reads, I do notice quite a lot of talk, but there is little action. Again, I'm not being direct. I haven't received a single email from anyone from your town offer any support thus far, which I told my husband was very odd. All the folks that have pledged support is from other states. Jackie's text in response to Dana's reads, Of course I don't get support from not one official, no anyone in the community, but family and a few people. But now I know that is not true. So she gave you the impression that not even a single dollar came in for donations from mid-January when you guys started doing this to the actual rally. She's saying not a single person donated for the rally itself. Exactly. And then I also want to be clear that I had no access to her fundraisers. And so I want to be clear on that. Okay, so Jackie's fundraisers were Jackie's. I did not have any access to those. She did not have any access to mine, which was the fundraiser. After the, the $8 was deducted, that fundraiser yielded about $247. And that was my only purpose of continuously asking her if there were donations, because in a rally, there's expenses that are incurred. It's not that I, I took donations. In fact, I'm in the red. I don't expect to get that money back because it was well worth it, but it's not fair to this massive smear campaign how many people total did you think showed up at the rally? Probably 60, probably 60 on the large side, maybe 50 on the conservative side. Did you feel that most of them had come up out of Aldosta or had you had people local? There was a few folks local. The majority of people were, I believe, family, but then there were the mothers as well. A group of mothers, uh, I want to say maybe seven or eight that had lost their own children to police violence. And so that was very, very touching. I noticed when Jackie arrived at the rally that I was not received well. I had printed out 
the program for the rally. And I believe she had asked me to bring up some posters or something. And again, you know, just me, myself and I, unfortunately I had left the, the big poster at home and she was not happy about that. There was not an exchange of words, but you know, the feeling. We didn't really interact much, but I think the icing on the cake was when Triana was um, scheduled to read the resolution for Kendrick. And she had a situation to where her flight was delayed or canceled due to an unruly passenger. And I think she didn't have a chance to give us a call until about three o'clock and Jackie it was really visibly upset about that. And in fact, initially, she did not want me to read the resolution, but the resolution was paramount. The resolution was the defining moment, if you will, of the entire rally. It was important because I know Triana worked so hard on that resolution. In fact, she was also responsible for passing the resolution for Ahmaud Aubrey as well. And so she worked tirelessly for this, to have a day in January, every single day for the remainder of time for Kendrick is absolutely the most honorable thing. And it's been lost. you delivered everything you had promised up front. And, oh, absolutely, and, and in fact, I wanted to, to continue with advocacy, and but I think Triana had posted a photo, I guess with all three of us, meaning myself, Kenneth, and Jackie, and Jackie adamantly said, take that photo down. At that point, I strongly felt as though it would really kind of be detrimental to my health and also my safety to continue advocating in any way for Kendrick, because even Jonathan, the co-lead after the rally, said that it's very important that we continue on a positive note, but how do, how do you continue on a positive note when you're being labeled, you know, a scammer and an imposter and, you know, having ulterior motives? So many of the statements that Dana was making here really rang true to me because I had had very similar experiences at any of the KJ events that I had attended throughout the year of our investigation. Obviously, I'm with the media, so I don't need to be embraced by the subjects I'm telling these stories about. But I was surprised that after approximately a year of going to the different events that were held in honor of KJ, that I was really never made to feel like I belonged there. I always felt like an outsider, and this really surprised me because the other cases I had worked on, the communities had really embraced me, and I had become very close with the families on each of these cases. I assumed this was a product of the contract that Jason Pollock had had with the Johnson family and the fact that they couldn't help out or be part of a documentary until January of 2023. After hearing Dana's story, however, and after seeing the cruel email from Jackie, I realized that this is just a pattern of behavior. When the rally ended, did you feel like this was gonna happen or were you shocked when you saw the blowback? I was really not shocked. The animosity the whole entire time I think I, I had gotten one photo with Jackie, but the whole entire rally, I could just feel, I mean, you could just cut it with a knife as far as the overall feeling, you know, toward me. I didn't understand why, but I think the defining moment for me was when my husband and I were cleaning up after the rally, picking up the chairs and the trash and what have you, and then Jackie just left. She didn't say goodbye. Kenneth didn't say goodbye. and. Um, And I mean, I, I wasn't expecting a thank you, you know? I mean, I prayed with Jackie. There were beautiful moments with her, you know, to where it wasn't about being black or white. 
It was about getting justice for Kendrick. Dana. Good evening, Jackie. I'm holding you in prayer and wanted to provide some scripture to comfort you today. He has told you, oh, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? We stand with you and know the Lord Almighty will reveal the truth, sending love abundantly to you and your family, Dana. I mean, I just didn't wake up one day and say, oh, let me scam somebody someday. And I mean, it sounds like not only did you only ever collect $247, it sounded like that money was used towards the rally and you out of pocket came out even additional. Yeah, quite a bit additional. A lot of different things were put into this rally that have been lost. And I pretty much knew when Jackie didn't say goodbye that for whatever reason, she wasn't happy. And I honestly, I, I turned my phone off until the next afternoon. That's no secret. And I think anyone in, in my situation would feel the same way. I mean, there was there was no unfinished business. There was really nothing for me to, to answer the phone about. Everything was arranged. You know, I could provide all of the evidence and it wouldn't matter because of the color of my skin. I mean, I'm hated because I'm a white woman. All this evidence and information was really rocking me to my core, but it wasn't until I saw this next text message that this whole ruse came crashing down on top of me. This message was between Dana and another independent travel consultant who Dana had brought in to help her work with the travel arrangements for Jackie. At first, this woman was totally willing to help Jackie, but after a short period of time, she let Dana know that she no longer wanted to help out with the travel arrangements. And Dana at first wasn't 100% sure what that was all about. I also wanna mention that this woman works with Dana and she also happens to be black. I'm only mentioning this because I think some of these facts are interesting to this case, even though they shouldn't matter at all. Here are the messages between the other travel consultant and Dana following the rally. Boy, did God show me a thing or two. Mission complete. So glad it's over. I saw that in her when I talked to her. I don't like how she spoke of you. I told her, are we talking about the same person? I know your beautiful heart, and it made me mad to hear her use racial slurs and other things towards you. See? Now right there confirms my suspicions. Your words are safe with me, but I'm definitely praying for her. She needs Jesus in a very profound way. Love you, sis. And, and I mean, for me to be used as a scapegoat, that's what it feels like. I am not speaking ill about Jackie because, you know, I, I'm praying for her. And I say that with conviction because I can't imagine losing a child, but you know, I think this has turned into so much more than grief. I mean, I mean, it almost feels like greed now. Ashes to Ashes created by Ash Patino, associate producer Kate Giordano, crew Nick Goncalves, title music Bones by Eight Graves, web design for Ashes to Ashes TV provided by Second Melody, secondmelody.com. Subscribe on the website for commercial-free content, early access to episodes, uncut interviews, and discounted merchandise. Ashes to Ashes TV.com. A-S-H-E-S-T-O-A-S-H. -S 
ashestv.com. Please follow me on Facebook at Ashes-TrueCrime and on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter at Ashes-TV. If you have a tip, please email us at ashland57 at gmail.com, A-S-H-L-A-N-D-5-7 at gmail.com. We can keep you anonymous. Be my boss.